Wow, what's up, guys? Here we go. UFC 280 week. I uh, wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. I'm Dave Anok. I'm with my dear friend, Maddie Levine. Maddie, how are you? What's going on, Dave? It's so good to see you. Yeah, likewise, likewise. I love it. I always love talking pay-per-views with you. It's uh, such a big week. It feels like this one's been um, kind of on the radar now for a couple of months, ever since it was made. And yeah. everyone kept on saying how the card was going to fall apart some way. And I'm jinxing it, I know. But right now, we're I on. Like, everything looks good. Dillashaw and Aljo, there's no injuries. How is this going to happen? I but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm knocking it. on everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is too For perfect. Sure. For sure. All right. So, I got my permanent black marker. I got our topics, what we're going to talk about. But I have Let's a curveball off the top. It's kind of for the last 36 hours, 48 hours, the whole Alexander Volkanovsky thing has like came up mm -hmm. and he kind of was like, yeah, I'm the backup fighter. And then it was like back and forth. And then all of a sudden Dana White came out yesterday and said, yes, Volkanovsky is for one, the guy this weekend. But even if it doesn't matter if Oliveira wins or if Islam Makhachev wins, uh, you know, Volk is getting the next shot. So let me yeah. just start there. What do you make of it? How crazy is it? Like, I want to talk about what a G Volkanovski is. He's really I the pound-for-pound pound guy at featherweight. He's going to fight Oliveira on a day notice. That would be bananas. Literally bananas. Honestly, I, I he's such a G. And I, I love the fact that he – it almost feels like he's calling his own shots at this point. Like, right. he has – proven time and time again just how valuable he is to the ufc and just how valuable he is for the fans it just he always shows up always yeah. shows up so why not give him any opportunity that he wants right and yeah. when you think of him fighting somebody like Oliveira or makachev why not like the dude i feel like he could honestly hang with anybody um when it comes to should he get the title shot next that's where it gets a little tricky for me because I always have that sense of not, I guess, hesitancy because when you have so many men that have been fighting to get that shot for right. so long, how are you going to give it to somebody who hasn't even been in that division yet? Right. But that point aside, I think Volk has proven time and time again that he deserves whatever he wants and if if that's what he wants then i think that is going to be such a delight for the fans and that just kind of puts the stamp on that goat status for him for sure you brought up a great point too and i'm kind of let's i let's take the bus there right um there's so many guys in the lightweight division has been kind of this limelight division for the ufc for multiple years with connor and habib and dustin and all this stuff and gaichi so the next month in MSG, we got Poirier and Chandler. Like, mm. you would think the winner of that, especially if they win in some crazy fashion, would want that next shot. You still right. have Gaethje lurking. You have Gamrod, who just beat Sorikian in a main event, and now is fighting Benny Derusho. He was being talked about as a number one contender guy. So it would be pretty wild if, just say, if Poirier knocks out Chandler in the first round, and if Makhlchev wins, so that would be a new opponent. So it wouldn't be a rematch with Poirier and Olives. You would think Poirier and Makhlchev would be next. But yeah, Volkanovski gets the shot. And now what does I that know. do for Featherweight? Like, are we seeing an Emmett Yair as an interim championship? There's just like a, so many moving parts. Like, we could preview TJ and Aljo and Giannis Serler. We could stick on this for 20 minutes, Maddie. Like, there's so much to like undevelop it's here. It's wild. And with that being said, my last little thing of it is, do you think... It would be better for Volkanovski to fight Charles or Makhlchev on a day notice. Someone missed weight, he gets it. Or do you think it's better for him they fight in April? Because that's like the, literally the first open date. 
and he has a whole camp. He has everything structured, maybe gain some more weight, some good mm -hmm. weight in a way. Do you think that would be better for yeah. him? Yeah, I mean, okay. I think a, a full fight camp is always the answer, especially sure. with a fight of that caliber. You want to be able to put in the work. You want to, you know, study your tape and that sort of thing. Um, obviously, when you're going into a fight with Oliveira, you you know his style, you know what he's capable of, but you want that chance to put in the work on the mats, fully dedicating your brain to being like, I'm fighting Oliveira, this is what I have to do. I'm fighting Makachev, this is what I have, to, what, whatever it is. Um, but then, you, you know, on the flip side, you could always say, you know, if it's 24 hours notice, he doesn't have time to worry about all the ifs, ands, or buts, or whatever. He just goes in and does his thing. Um, but I think this is Volkanovsky looking for just a new feather in his cap, regardless of what the uh, rankings say. Like, I don't think he is considering how he's kind of flubbing up everything right now by like, you know, being like, well, all right, here I come to a different division. Like um, it kind of puts all the other men that you were just speaking about in a tricky situation because right. it shows them that literally anything could happen. And right. anybody in the top five, you have to be ready at all times. And now right. showing that Volkanovsky is willing to move around so much into different weight classes, that just opens up even more doors for those top five guys. So anything can happen. Uh, and if Volk is going to be the guy to make the unthinkable happen, like I'm, I'm here for it. I'm so yeah. here for it. I love this is why Maddie Levine is such a media star. You said flubbing it up. I would just say fuck it up. You know, that, that's just that's my two cents. I would that's what I would say. That's why you're, you know, you're on the path of superstar. the children are watching. Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe. I, I try to uh, you know, tell the kids to go watch Disney Plus in the background. Yeah. All right. So yeah. we spent we went six minutes on Volkanowski. Like I said, love we it. can go 26, but I think we nailed that. Uh let's, yeah. let's stick in the main event. Okay. Olives versus Makochev. Um, there's no better fight in the lightweight division. This is awesome. Yeah. It's for the championship. Where do you see it? Uh, Oliver was a huge underdog when this first came out. And every single day, every single week, he kind of gets closer and closer and closer on the betting odds. Um, which way are you leaning and why in this crazy, crazy main event? I know. I, I'm really leaning towards Oliveira for okay. a few reasons. Um, Me too, by the way. Me too. Okay. Me too. Okay. Excellent. Um, you have to give it to Makachev for what he has done thus far. Mm -hmm. um, Machine-like efficiency. You know, he's known as the mini Khabib, all that good stuff. Um, a lot of people hyping him. And rightfully so. I mean, he's on an amazing winning streak. Um, yeah. Stopping people left and right. But when you look at... Oh, my cat's about to jump in. But hey, when they, you... <laughs> the cat is leaning Oliveira, I can see. Would you like Oliveira or Makachev? She says Oliveira. Okay, so where was I going with this? Um, Just Marco Chef's think, a machine. Okay, uh, so I think the legacy of Oliveira and what he has managed to accomplish in his UFC career shows just how developed he is on so many different levels. We don't know that side of Makachev yet. We right. know that he's a very talented fighter. We know right. that the uh, possibilities for Makachev are, there is no ceiling. But I think I really think this is Oliveira's time, and we've seen him on this roller coaster. We've seen him lose a lot. We've seen him win a lot, and I feel like he is just on this like mental focused path that literally nobody can stop him. 
Yeah. If somebody is going to put up that blocker, it is Makachev. And I think this is going to be a really exciting fight, knock on wood. Yeah. I don't think it is Makachev's time. I think this is Oliver's time. I, I totally agree. I, I'm kind of in the same spot. It's uh, I just remember so many times in the fight game that if this fight happens a year from now or two years ago, I think I lean Makachev in so many different ways. But right now, in yeah. this moment, um, how Oliveira kind of has went through Poirier and uh, Gaethje and um, Michael Chandler. Like, that's like in the, one of the most crazy triple trifectors you could do. And how he won those fights. He like, he, this man walks through fire. I just think like there's no stopping him right now in 2022. And so I see it. And like what you said, Makhachev could win. He's literally the better favorite and they should, he should win in Vegas yeah. thinks and the UFC thinks he's going to win. I just need to see it. Like, I just need him to see, right. and no offense to the guys he's beaten. I'm actually a huge Tiago Moises guy. I've talked to him multiple times. I like him a lot. And that's like Michael just maybe his big win. He's beat Dober and Bobby Green on a couple of days notice. I just like right there, Moises, Dober, Bobby Green, Chandler, Gaethje, Poirier. There's just different. Right. That's a right. different level. So I just need to see it. And if Makhachev does it, I'd be like, okay, I seen it. He is I'll that guy. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. I, I would, I but I'm leaning Oliveira. Until I see it, I see it. Um, all right, we're transitioning co-main event. Two guys we've seen win multiple times, win the championships. Uh, this is a weird kind of fight. Um, usually we can kind of foresee the future champions and championship fights, even a year out. You can kind of see kind of divisions. I did not think eight months ago, six months ago, Dillashaw versus Sterling for the Bantamweight Championship. It just was not on my radar. Mm -mm. Uh, where are you leaning on this fight? This one's an interesting one uh, for me because I'm kind of with the majority of people where it kind of feels like Sterling is constantly fighting for respect. Yeah. Like nobody, nobody really seems to want to give him respect. And I think it's because, you know, He's not one of those fighters that is going to be super flashy, but he knows how to get the job done sure. and he knows how to point. He knows how to get his hand raised. And for the average Joe Schmo, oh, he's not knocking people out left and right. I don't like him. But Sterling is extremely calculated and he knows what he's doing. Like he's the champion for a reason. Um, but when it comes to TJ Dillashaw, I mean, I, I love him. I can't help it. He is okay. just like such a little like Tasmanian devil when he fights. And like, I just, you know, the whole scandal of like what he has done, we get it. Okay. We know, we know what he did. We know that like he had a little, little issue. Okay. Yep. Um, but he's back and he took it on the chin. He took it like a man, just like Dana said. And I'm really excited to see a very refined Dillashaw. Um, and just focused Dillashaw. Um, with that being said, I still have it for Sterling. Me too. Okay. I think yeah. Sterling is just a little more calculated than Dillashaw. I think Dillashaw has shown in the past that he fights with his heart, which is super fun to watch. And, you know, that that's going to get you a lot of fans and that's going to get you a lot of excitement, but it can get you in trouble as well. So I'm going with Sterling. I am as well. I just think it's a bad matchup for Dillashaw. I think Dillashaw beats almost every bantamweight on this planet. Uh, his losses are usually against grapplers. And even mm. when Henry Cejudo to him, he was so worried about the grapple and he got caught standing. Um, even his losses years ago against a Sensau. Um, yeah, I just think it's a bad matchup. I just think uh, Sterling, same kind of thing with Oliveira. Like 2022, like this is him. Like this is Sterling at his peak. 
uh, his prime, uh, kind of just very free. He is the champion. Um, I, I like I like Sterling as well. So we're kind of yeah. lined up. All right, maybe the most intriguing fight of the night. What I think maybe should be the co-main event of the I night. I know. Buzz wise, this fight is so great. It can be easily a main event on so many different cards. We have Peter Yan, the ex-champion versus Sugar Sean O'Malley. Um, one of the biggest stars of the brand, one of the biggest stars under the UFC banner. Huge fight. And then, of course, Dana White even comes out and says, hey, winner of this fight fights the championship next. A little extra sauce on this. A lot of great Bantamweights out there. You know, Marlon Vera, Cheeto Vera is not feeling good about what Dana White just said. But uh -uh. Sean O'Malley, Peter Yawn, O'Malley is a big underdog. Who do you see winning this fight? Uh, O'Malley, I'm sorry. I, I love him, but you don't deserve a shot at the title yet. Right. Is okay. I just don't. If he wins against Jan, that is all right. Hype is real, dude. Yeah. You are yeah. amazing. Like, do your thing, keep growing, become the next Conor McGregor. I love all of that. But to just beat Jan, which I consider his toughest opponent to date, of and jump right to the champion. Like, come on, man. Like, I, I don't know how I feel about that. And I feel like this is a perfect example of Dana White catering towards the fans and catering towards money. This is the money fight. If O'Malley wins and he fights the champ, pay-per-view is going through the roof, okay? Right. Right. But does he deserve it? And that's the line that I kind of don't know where to go with yet. So that's why I'm going to go with Jan. Okay. Um, my heart wants Jan to win and that sort of thing. O'Malley, love the guy. Lo he's so much fun to watch. He's super talented. But when it comes to Jan, he is just so – the dude, he doesn't make mistakes, he, you know? He's very calculated. Very and when calculated. he when he does, he gets, you know, technically disqualified and that sort of thing. But <laughs> we won't get into that. Um, but he's just – he does not make mistakes. And if you make a mistake against him, he punishes you for it. And I just – I see Jan for this one. Okay. Uh I think I'm leaning Sugar Sean O'Malley. Okay. I don't know why. Um, I know he's a big underdog. It's just sometimes it's like the moment or the feeling. And I yeah. think like it just it's too good of a like story, too good of momentum. Yeah. The UFC wants it to happen. It just seems like they would love it doesn't even matter about TJ or Aljo on the other side, but they would love if O'Malley wins this. And like you said, in in, in April or maybe in February as a co-main event to one of those big fights they got lined up if it's uh, under the Leon Edwards, you know, spot versus Usman or underneath uh, something they got in January in Rio. I think they would love to try to get the title on O'Malley. Let's kind of let's hit on that for a second because you said something that I think is a great talking point about the word deserve. And Dana White is super happy about it. And it seems like just to, just your angst out of your voice seems like you're not happy about it. You're almost rooting for Jan. So like O'Malley doesn't get the, uh, the Dana White privilege. Right. I'm like... I see it both ways. And I, I do get that concept. And as me, as the way I was grown up and the way I was taught, I think I am a hard worker. And I think I am one of the hardest workers in the room. And it's where I got to this point. So I do love that merit. I love the merit when someone, even like an Aljo, like they keep rising and rising and rising and fighting and fighting. Like Cheeto Vera's fight. He's going to fight everyone in the top 10 sooner or later and just keep on winning. I, I love that and respect that. But once in a while, I don't mind when the UFC, if it's Bo Nickel or Hazmat Chemaev or Conor McGregor or Sugar Sean O'Malley, I don't mind if they're good for everything that we do. They're good for MMA. They're good for the UFC. They bring more eyes. And I say this all the time. It's one, the lucky thing about being behind the scenes with Fight Bananas. 
anything that we post and it's a podcast or a video or even a story on, on Facebook, when we post uh, Gamrot, who's next, and, uh, you know, great fighters, even like a Cheeto Vera, but then when we post O'Malley or Jake Paul or Conor McGregor, it blows it away by five, six, eight times, and that brings yeah. in revenue for all. So I, I like that as someone who works in the MMA landscape. So on right. the other side, I am a fan of what Sugar Sean O'Malley could do for all of us underneath this MMA banner. Is what he does for the mass media, man. He sells yeah. tickets. He he yeah. he gets people to watch, and a business owner loves that in yes. a person. Yes. And I I think it's unfair to say that he doesn't deserve that because he does he does deserve all of the credit that he's getting. But sure. I think it's safe to say that the reason he's so big is because he was a genius at marketing himself, and he for knows sure. how to market for himself. Sure. He knows how to get his name out there. For sure. Um. So yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword, especially when, you know, I have one foot on the media side, I have one foot on the fan side. Right. Um and you kind of just, you know, you 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 pick and choose your battles. Um right. but my heart right now is saying, "Sugar, love you boy, not your time. Not okay. your time." All right. I love it. I love it. There's three more really cool key matchups, two more on the main card and then to me that Bilal versus Brady, mm -hmm. I do want to just touch on for a second. Um Gamrot versus Benny Darush. It's kind of, I think the fans and the people who are in it, like you and I, know how great of a fight this is. Yeah. I'm really leaning hard towards Gamrot. It's actually one of my strongest uh, plays or my strongest leans on the whole card. I just think same kind of thing. He's on the right uh, trajectory. Then mm -hmm. he hasn't fought in a long time, and it just seems like it's – and then he's super upset and bummed that he's not the backup fighter, and I don't know if you've been hearing the media. He's just not – I feel like from afar, he's just not in the right mind – kind of uh spot headspace yeah 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 headspace. Headspace, exactly so i'm leaning towards gamrot that's my two cents i i am too um i like gamrot a lot i like his style um and like you said this might be one of those fights where the average viewer might want to like fast forward a little bit i think it's going to be a lot of wrestling um a lot of ground game going on um but high level at that yeah. and high, high um yes. it's going to be very high level and I just, I think Gamrot is a little more hungry. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, I think, like you said, I was going to touch upon Darius kind of looking a little bitter. Um, yeah, exactly. But at, yeah. But at yeah. the same time, you know, that chip on your shoulder could be the biggest catapult that you need to become motivated. So maybe he uses it in the right way. Yeah, um, exactly. But I think um, across the board, I do see Gamrot being um, the victor here. Uh, that's a great call by you. I love that point. Uh, sometimes when you kind of get that negative chip on your shoulder, some people use it as motivation and, yeah. and maybe have the best performance ever. And then some people will sulk and kind of be like anti this fight or anti UFC. And we'll see where Benny is and where his headspace is. Uh, yeah. All right. The only female fight on the card, a really important fight too. kind of maybe even championship aspirations. Farrah versus Caitlin uh, Chahigian. Uh, the one thing I know about life is you have to pay taxes, death will happen, and Caitlin Trahagan will win a unanimous decision <laughs> fight. Like she, This is where I see it. She always wins by UD. Um, yeah. It's not for the championship. I think Caitlin's going to do it again. I think she's going to wrestle for 15 minutes, and I see uh, Caitlin pulling it out. How about you? So you see wrestling, huh? I do. I see grappling and wrestling. I, I, I thought with Farrah being so long and big, so is Caitlin too, and Caitlin likes to throw as well, but I think she's going to be – kind of play the smart, savvy veteran. And I think she knows she's one fight away, maybe to get another title mm. shot. She like 
her, I think she's like eight out of nine or eight out of 10 in the UFC in that great division. I, I think she's kind of maybe even underrated. Same thing, maybe not super popular. Maybe she's not super flashy on her social stuff of that nature. But inside of that octagon, I respect the shit out of her. She's really, really, really high level. She's just, she knows how to, very similar to Aljo, she knows how to get her hand raised. Um, yeah. But yeah. she plays it safe. And for me, sure. it's it's kind of boring to watch. It's like, yeah. yeah, sure, you got your hand raised, but you just jabbed and low kicked them to death. And, you know, like, it's just, and I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like that's not a win because that is, but I love Firuat in the sense that she came onto the scene and she was like, come at me bro like you know like she's very aggressive um she's not afraid to stand and bang with you and i think the southpaw aspect of firawat is kind of going to give uh caitlin a little bit of a not a struggle because caitlin is a veteran as you said and she's i'm sure she has seen it all um but with a girl like caitlin who loves her jab who loves those low kicks having somebody as a southpaw it, it makes it a lot more difficult to land those shots um, I and, I and I think Furat is going to be pushing the pace um, on Caitlyn. If, if Furat wants to win, I think she has to make it a little messy. And I yep. think she's not, I think she's not afraid to make it messy. Um, and so I'm just going to, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to say Furat. I think this is her night. I like it. I like yep. it. Okay. There we go. That's like, yeah, I, one of our good first uh, disagreements. I love it. I know. Um, I know. We never right. disagree. <laughs> I love this fight so much. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of, I know it's uh, Bilal has really been pushing it and he's been with Habib and, and, and he's been doing great on his socials, getting this fight out there. But it's one of those things. If this fight was on last week's show, it would be the main event over Grasso yeah. and uh, Vivian. And even if it wasn't, if, if they wanted Grasso in that main event spot, it would be a huge limelight co-main event. But this fight is, uh, I know it's the main event of the prelims, and it really is a good spot. It's one of the best card of the year and all that. It just seems like it's overshadowed and overlooked. This card is so good. But this fight is so good. For everyone in the know, Sean Brady versus Bilal Muhammad is so freaking good. Um, Bilal mm-hmm. thinks he should be right there. He's, you know, thrown his name in the hat with Mazadal and Leon and Usman and all that stuff. So um, I think it's a really important fight. I have a really strong lean on it, but I want your take first. I feel really good about my pick. So I'll let okay. you run with it and then I'll jump in. Okay. I, I'm excited for this too. I think Muhammad has got this one. Um, I am a fan of both of these men. Um, but I think the difference in styles is going to be really exciting to watch. I mean, they're both very comfortable on the ground. We've seen time yeah. and time again. But I think when you have two people that are comfortable on the ground, the one person that will make a difference is who's – who can emulate their striking better, who can implement, excuse me, their striking better. Um, and I think Muhammad is going to be able to do that. Um, I think Brady, he's kind of a slow goer. He's, he's a calculator. He's a shark in the water. He's like, okay, what are you doing? Let me figure this out. Where Bilal is just like, I'm not going to give you a chance to figure it out. Here I come, you know? Um, so I, I choose Muhammad. I'm curious. What, what are you choosing? Absolutely love Bilal Muhammad in this spot. This is a, uh, I think definitely one of my best leans. He's actually a little slight underdog. It's actually been going the other people are betting on Bilal. Uh, I just think all the positive mojo with being over there and he's, you know, trained with Habib and all that yeah. mojo. And also the same kind of thing, kind of back where the olives and Islam. And I think we kind of talked about with Aljo and TJ a little bit is 
just Bilal has been in so many uh, big moments and different moments and poked in the eye in the Leon Edwards main event and has been in key spots and has lost in spots and won his spots. Like he's been through shit. Like he's been through highs and lows inside that octagon and Brady who's 15 and 0 and is undefeated and had a really good fight against Michael Chiesa. Like this is Bilal's another level up. And he, to me has not went through this, uh, this Mercury and hasn't went through trial by fire and yeah. hasn't kind of maybe lost around it. Okay. Wow. I'm down maybe one Oh or down two Oh or, or shoot Bilal kind of kicked my calf. I wasn't ready for it. I just think this is more of a, a veteran win, a kind of like uncle. Uh, he's going to uncle Sean Brady just a tad. <laughs> and, and I, like I said, I think Brady's a stud. Like I really like him. He's got a huge right. future four years from now. Like he will be in these big, huge welterweight main events. And it's weird because the welterweight division if it's Jorge or even Usman or Bilal or even guys like Wonderboy Thompson, they probably maybe have a year, two years left, and we will see a new rise of welterweights. And one of those guys is Sean Brady. So I do think he'll be back, but I love Bilal Muhammad. Yeah, I do too. I just, I like his energy. And I, I usually don't like those like peacocky type of fighters, but I, I think he's great. So, yeah. Go. I love it. We just ran through UFC 280. <laughs> is there anything else on the card or anything you're – uber excited about or just um all like so we talked just... off here about it and I, I do want to bring it up i don't love how it's on during the day i don't like it. i was just about to say i'm loving that it's on at 2 p.m <laughs> <laughs> your girl gets to go to bed early she gets I... to watch all the fights it's gonna be great i know and i do see that point of it i really do and <laughs> I, I said it to my wife yesterday it's almost one of those things a um, you know, we have all the kids running around and we have Halloween yeah. parties and all this stuff. And it's like when the fights are on at night, everything is kind of died down. Everything is in bed. It's a lot of time. Usually I can invite a buddy or two over. And I do, because what we do, like, I, I do have to be kind of locked into the fights right. and it's, uh, it's a little bit hard to do that at three 30 PM. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. With the kiddos running around and that so. just goes to show we're, we're at different places in our lives right now. <laughs> Crazy, crazy. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm i intrigued to see uh, how it affects the numbers. Uh, I, I think the card is so big. I think they're expecting a huge pay-per-view buy rate. But I just know like, you know, people are, some people are watching college football. Some people are out mm -hmm. on a Saturday. Uh, it's fall. It's, uh, you know, corn maze time. It's pumpkin time. Right. So right. I'm intrigued if they will lose 5%, 10% of pay-per-view buys on it because it's on during the day. But uh, hey, it's the UFC, a multi-billion dollar corporation. Yeah. They, uh, they're, they they're, they're doing something yeah, right. They're doing they all right. They're doing, they're doing yeah. all right. Uh, all right. Uh, anything on your end? Um, you know, anyone coming on the show for you soon? I I just saw in your stories, you got something coming up on the radio, like you're doing a, a satellite type of thing. Oh yeah. So it's a restaurant week right now for, nice. for the, for the station. So we're, we're out and about in Massachusetts going to some of the best restaurants. Cool. Um, so make sure you listen to fun 107. Um, you can download the app as well because your girl is on every single morning. Um, but yeah, that's, that's basically it, man. And I, I'll be talking to your good friend, Jillian Robertson, uh, very soon. I'm going to reach out to her. I've been dying to talk to her. Um, yeah, she's one okay. of my faves. She, yeah. She's, she's okay. one of my faves. So stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned for that one.
There we go. So sub, subscribe. Uh, Ross, anything on the horizon for him? Are we going to see him in that karate? Fingers crossed. Ooh. Fingers crossed. Maybe back um, in Orlando, Florida at some time? Some things are in the works um, for the champion. Uh, nothing set in stone just yet. Um, I don't really know how much I'm allowed to say, so I don't want to get him in trouble. Nope, nope, <laughs> but okay. I uh, just uh, stay tuned in a couple months, is I think was what I can say. Oh, and also when he walks around and he does laundry or something good in the kitchen, just call him the champion like you just did. Right, right, right. right. Hello, champion. Yeah, <laughs> there we go, guys. The great Maddie Levine, uh, UFC 280. Uh, definitely, it's going to be a great, great show. Uh, appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, my friend? Thanks, guys. Later.